Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. I'm your host, Aaron Zober, covering lifestyles in the world of real food. As my focus is discovering new products, networking plays a major role. There's a wonderful organization known as the Naturally Network. They're forming chapters in major cities all over the country. Living in L.A., I'm a proud member of Naturally Los Angeles. Here to talk with me about the L.A. chapter is Renee Manzi, Executive Director of Naturally Los Angeles. Renee, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to have you on. I know that your job is very busy, so I appreciate that you're able to fit in some time and come on here. Yeah, this is the perfect time of year now that we're heading into the holiday season. It kind of, things get crazy because of the end of the year things, but it's a little bit slower as far as events and all that. People are busy with their families. They don't want to talk to me right now. <laughs> right. And we're not quite there yet where it's totally the holidays. <laughs> so yeah. No, no, a little time. but heading into it. Oh, yep. yes. Yes, definitely prepping for it. Mm-hmm. So how did you get involved with Natural CPG? Well, it's kind of a long journey that took some twists and turns. I actually started out in retail 15 years ago or so, went back to work after my youngest was born and fell into this. My whole life I've been in the natural industry just with my mother um, raising me a certain way. And I ended up in retail uh, working at Mother's Market out in Orange County. And I was poached out of there after about two years. And I ended up with a brokerage where I was selling more elite lines in on the nutraceutical side, body care and like home goods, things like that. I did that for about five years. And then I was poached again into a major vitamin seller, worked for Country Life Vitamins for three years. So I knew a lot about the nutraceutical side. And then some different things came down the pipeline. And that whole industry changed when Whole Foods was purchased by Amazon. And so it messed with a lot of the sales jobs and I ended up looking for work and I kind of was somebody who had been an old sales manager asked me about being an executive director for a network in the Western region where we had a trade show annually for independent retailers and legacy brands on the nutraceutical side. And I thought, well, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I need a job. So let's see what I can do with this. So I took it and I ended up falling in love with it. I did it for four years. We ran through COVID and we almost lost the show a couple of times because of all that fun stuff. But I continued with Positively Natural. That was the name of that show. A single trade show annually in the Western region. That's a tough one because after COVID, a lot of people didn't want to go back to trade shows. So it kind of took some hits. And I was looking for something else. And I got in touch with Jeff, who's our chair for Naturally LA. And they were looking for an executive director because they'd gone into their second year and they were ready at that point for somebody. And I fit the bill. And so here I am. Mid-December, I'll be here a whole year. Well, that's great. That's my past. (laughs) I'm glad we have you to run Naturally LA because I love the events we're doing. And it's been a big help for me with this podcast over the past year in terms of meeting people and making connections to get guests on this show 
What would you say is the mission of Naturally LA? I think it's kind of twofold. I mean, what we want to do is support the emerging CPG brands, nurture local businesses in the natural products industry, help them grow. But I think that what we're doing as we move as a network into 2024 and beyond is we realize that we have a whole base of members and we want to make sure we touch all of them. So we're looking to help foster brands from inception to those that are already established really revolves around fostering major community. We provide a lot of education. We have many networking opportunities and we just want to bring all of the service providers in with the entrepreneurs and people running the businesses and just get them together so that they can help each other grow. And that's like our biggest mission. And the emerging brands is very important to me as a big focus is covering up and coming products. So Mm -hmm. I love that about Naturally LA. I'll tell you, so... From what I did before to what I do right now, what excites me about it, I think the most is that I worked with a lot of legacy brands for years and years. And legacy brands are great because they're the pioneers, right? They started it and they've been around some of them 30, 40 years. You know, they're the beginning and the end of what the natural products industry is. But unfortunately, some of them can be somewhat apathetic because they've done it and they're already there and they're not really looking to keep growing bigger. I mean, of course, everybody wants to go bigger, but they're kind of at their capacity. So they're not, they can be apathetic when it comes to these types of networks. With the emerging brands and the younger brands, I think what you get is a lot of people that are very hungry and ready and excited. So when I go to our event, it's great for me because I get to see these, I call them young people because I'm older than them, a lot of them, but me too, <laughs> right? But they're hungry and they're excited and they're ready to network and talk and they'll come right up to you and hand you their card. And that to me is exciting because there's no apathy there. They just want to talk. They just want to learn. And I think that's super important because it kind of shows the health of the industry, right? That people still are out there wanting to make the natural products industry great. So I like that a lot. Yes. There's still people with startups, and also people that still come up with new ideas that we haven't seen before. I think that Mm -hmm. last part really amazes me that there's still innovations, even with natural CPG being a rather viable industry for a couple decades now. I think it's becoming even more so. Oh, definitely. There's blending science with things that you're like, wow, I never would have ever thought of that. And new stuff all the time. You're like, this is great. New milks, new plant-based. It's crazy what's out there. Great. Absolutely. So obviously, the entrepreneurs are a big part of the membership of Naturally LA. What other people join the group? Our network is based on mostly entrepreneurs as our brands, but we have a lot of service providers as well. People that are the money people and people that can offer insurance services and people that can do mentorships. In Q1, we're starting a new mentorship for the brands that are already established and that are ready to scale up and they just don't know where to turn. We have somebody who is a new board member that has come on and is going to jump into that role and help facilitate this mentorship to help them grow and scale up and continue their business and become bigger. And we have a lot of those members as well that are willing to help. So some of them are brand owners. Some of them are people that used to own brands that are just in it to help the whole industry. And then down to service providers and then other corporations that are corporate brands that are very established and they're just looking and willing to give back. I would say at the events, I've seen a pretty diverse turnout. Obviously, like we've discussed, there are the entrepreneurs with new products that they're launching. Mm -hmm. But I've also seen packagers and I've seen retailers and publicists. Mm -hmm. 
Yep, that's right. Yes. Yeah, all of that. Yes. All of that. We we are open to anybody that's willing to help within the natural space, I guess you could say, sustainable space. Right, natural products. So it's open really to anyone mm-hmm. that's in the natural products industry, to people that aren't yet members mm-hmm. of Naturally LA or the appropriate Naturally Network in their area, what would you say are the advantages of being a member? They gain a lot of access. I think that the advantages of being a member of one chapter is that you gain access to the people within the chapter, right? That have so many different skill sets and they're willing to help you in any way they can. But the bigger picture is that as a network, we work together. We all play nice in the sandbox to kind of make events and have sponsors that help nationally and can get us all help. We have webinars that are from many different chapters across the network. So I think it's vibrant community where they're all like-minded individuals, businesses, but I think the educational workshops, the networking events, all those opportunities, they get to showcase their product. And I think that's a big deal too, because a lot of these brands might not be ready to hit some big trade show like Expo West or Founder Made or, or all of these different shows that are out there, but they might be ready just to show their product. And they want to know if they have something that's even viable down to that, like they're just barely starting. They can come to our event, they can show up, they can showcase their products, and then people can give them feedback So then they can decide, okay, this is something I can really run with, or maybe I need to go back and look and make sure this is exactly what I want to be doing. So it's helpful for even those really beginning inception brands as well. I think that's a spot on recommendation for people to join because you're right that for people that can't afford one of these big trade shows, this is certainly a much more affordable way Mm -hmm. to do that. And for me who attends the Natural Products Expo West every year as press. It's probably the most anticipated event for me every year. And I would say what I like about this is because you do one to two events of these every month, this is essentially for me, I look at it as having an Expo Mm -hmm. West every month. That's right. Yeah. Because people are there, they're showcasing, they're discussing. It's the fun part. It's the Expo West after hours, but every month. (laughs) Oh, that's a great term for it. And there is also great Expo West after hours mm-hmm. that the whole Naturally Network throws mm-hmm. when there is the Expo West. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought that was really cool getting to right. meet people from other Naturally Network chapters across the country. Yeah, I thought that party was great. We're hoping to do something like that again this year. Actually, we are in talks for Naturally LA to actually co-host another party that has a lot of major brands and different entrepreneurs and thought leaders in our industry that go to this party. So we're hoping to do both and scale up what we do at Expo West for 2024. So right now we're just in the beginning stages of that, but that's the hope for as we move forward. Nice. That actually was a question that I had was, as I love that event that they put on at Expo West last year with the Naturally Network for everybody there, if they were looking at doing more mm-hmm. events for the whole Naturally Network with the chapters from different cities. Yeah, so we will do the one with the network. And then also this one would be just co-hosted with other CPG founders that aren't necessarily brands, but they help with brands similar to what we do, but they're for-profit based, whereas we are a nonprofit. But that's what we're looking to jump into. But we have so much coming in 2024. We want to keep the education going. We want to make sure that we're focusing not just on the emerging brands, but also some of the more established brands. Like I said, we have that mentorship that's opening up, more information hopefully to come at the end of the month on that. And 
basically just keep doing what we're doing, but add to it. We want to add more workshops, more webinars in person, and who knows where we can take it. But we definitely want to like scale up in 2024. We're ready. Our first two years are under our belt. And now we're at a point where we can really start focusing on bigger and better events as we move forward. We've talked about the different people who make up the members of Naturally LA. Your role of executive director, what does that involve? I think that I'm the person that's the go-to for everything. No, I'm just kidding. I probably do the most of the strategic planning. I organize the events. I help to build partnerships. I talk with the sponsors. I fundraise. That's a big part. Without the gracious giving of so many different companies and service providers and different brands and entrepreneurs out there, we wouldn't exist. So that's essential and important to what we do. But basically my job, like I create some type of ecosystem, you know, like natural products, businesses can come together. They can thrive. They can come to me. I'm always open. I always put my contact information everywhere because I want people to feel comfortable coming to me and seeing where we can help grow together. Very important for me. Absolutely. And you're talking a little bit about going into 2024. Tell us about some of the upcoming Naturally LA events. Well, the last thing we'll do in 2023 is our ugly sweater party. So I know you're going to come to that. That's our holiday party. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we're doing it at Bike Shed Moto in DTLA. I think that'll be a really fun one. That's a really fun place. Oh, that's good. And that's one that's a little closer to me because a lot of them are often on the west side. Yeah, we're actually trying to push ourselves out of the west side since we're there so often. And we get a lot of places that offer their facilities to us because since we're nonprofit, we need to save as much as we can to make sure that the events and the education and everything is as high quality as we can get it. It seems like there are always people in the West Side, but we are looking to expand. It's a big county. There are 10 million people in it, and we know that there are tons of brands that we're not hitting yet, and we want to make sure that we hit all of them. So the messaging is really important for 2024 that, hey, we're here. Maybe they're not in the West Side, right? So we've got to move to the East Side, and we've got to go to South LA, and we have to go up to the Valley. So that's what we're trying to do. We're also, I don't know if you've been to any of them, but Will Parsons has been helping us out doing some coffee chats about once a month in different parts. Just a really informal morning gathering that people go and have coffee and talk about CPG. And we're going to do more of those and we're trying to find people that are willing to also in their areas do those. We market them, but basically it's super informal. And if somebody was willing to take point on it and they wanted to do a coffee chat in their area, we'll market it and people can come out and chat. We're doing that. Like I said, we have the mentorship. We also are going to continue doing our education events every month. We're also going to increase the number of education events that we have, Um, more panels, more firesides. We have lots of things coming down the pipeline also from Naturally Network. We also partner with them and they're doing a lot of webinars and things like that that can be advantageous to the entire network. So that's always good to have, but lots of stuff coming in 2024. I have been able to make it to the coffee house events. Most of them have been at Car mm-hmm. Chocolate in Pasadena, which is perfect for me because that's close. And I think a wonderful thing about it is that I have seen a number of people who haven't been able to make it to the other events because of the mm-hmm. locations. It really attracts a lot of those people from the area. And it is proven that there is... On my side of town, a lot of people in the natural space. Absolutely. We know that that's important. Also going into South LA and also even Orange County, we share Orange County with uh, Naturally San Diego. They're South County and we're North County. We did one webinar together with Spins last month. And we're going to do another mixer coming up in Q1 together, hopefully, and just do other things within even the Inland Empire. There's also brands out there that we need to touch. So we're trying to move around as much as we can this year. Like, oh, that's a big focus to not just be in one part of L.A., 
make it something that's accessible to people all over the county. So look for more of those events closer to you, I think. Yes, I would say natural products is not just limited to Los Angeles County, but really all of SoCal. Mm -hmm. I would also add Ventura County has a good amount of companies in the natural product space. Mm -hmm. So we're the furthest north until you get to like San Francisco and the North Bay that has a chapter. So, you know, there are brands in the Central Valley. I mean, we've even had people come down from Santa Barbara and different parts just to come to our events because there isn't one in that area. And they probably won't be. It's difficult to open a chapter in that area. So they're always welcome. Everyone's welcome to come to our events and be part of our network. Wonderful. And I do love the educational events that you put on this past year. I think some very interesting topics I thought the one about the legal aspect Mm -hmm. of labeling, that was great. And I know we've had different Mm -hmm. retailers speak. Do you have any idea of some of the topics that we can expect for educational panels in the next year? Definitely. We've been asked about the co-man. So we want a co-manufacturing panel, co-packers. That's one that people have asked for. We're looking at a funding, something about funding coming up. We want to even bridge the topics that might seem not as important, but are important because people are questioning like the simpleness of having a TikTok shop, right? What does that entail and how do we do it? On Monday night, it was about e-commerce. I think that we focus so hard at just the brick and mortar retailer that, you know, we don't want to forget that there's also a big market for these companies to go into e-commerce. So we want to explain all that to them. So this year, we're going to focus a lot on those type of educational events, funding different workshops for people to better understand how to just package their products, something as simple as that. How do you do that? I've been in the industry a long time, and I can tell you over all those years, you think to yourself, oh, you know what? This would be a great product. Could totally make this product. But it's a huge thing coming up with the idea in your head and actually getting that product to market. So we want to cover like each of those bases and make sure that these uh, little guys can come up and be like, oh, okay, I can really do this. I feel comfortable in doing this. We also want to do another one on the verbiage and legal stuff that you can say we're going to have another women in CPG panel in July. That's going to be an annual event. We had that panel last year and it was funny because there were actually some men that ended up contacting (laughs) us and they didn't know that they could come to that panel. And then we were like, no, we want everybody to come. Like, in fact, even more so like come so you can learn. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're marketing that right as well. But we have a lot of things coming up in 2024. And, and you know what, if our members have something that they want to do, we definitely want to discuss it. So we're, we're definitely open to seeing what the membership wants as well. At the end of the year, I'll be sending out a questionnaire or survey asking the membership what they're looking for for 2024 to make sure that we're hitting every angle that we can hit. Speaking of the women in CPG, I remember you teased me because I wasn't going because I did happen to be out of town for a wedding that time. But <laughs> was that, oh, you're, <laughs> I really did want to attend. And I'm glad that you're, you're doing one it again them. because I am very interested <laughs> in the topic. <laughs> yeah, that one's going to be a really good one again this year, too. But yeah, we want to make sure that people don't feel like that everything that we put on is for everyone. So <laughs> we want to make sure people understand that as well. I would second the importance of e-commerce. I had a guest on my show about a month ago who talked about how we're going to see a big boom in online markets. Right. Alex Miller of Lickskillet Farms. Uh-huh. And when I was at the Wise Traditions Conference a few weeks ago, there were a few different farms there who we've seen a lot of farms will do online delivery to their area. Mm-hmm. But I saw three farms that are now doing delivery across the U.S. So that is definitely going to be a big thing. It certainly started during the pandemic and 
it's not stopping. Well, and I think what happens is, is that they realize that they can partner. And, you know, that's a big part of what we're trying to convey to people. When you partner with other people like across, it's a big country. And there might be something that you have here that they might need there or that you can get things. That kind of stuff is great because people have busy lifestyles and things have changed post-COVID. Not everybody wants to be at long lines in the market forever because they're busy with their life. So if I can get delivered, so much better, so much faster, right? We want to be careful because we don't want anything to happen to brick and mortar. And that's important too, especially the indies that are out there. It's their life's work. So it's important for them to still have their spot in the natural products industry but also look to things like e-commerce and look to things like direct-to-consumer and things that people want to know about, but they might not know about. Or maybe there's an idea that somebody has out there and they make a great partnership. And so we want to just foster all of that. There's enough to go around, I think. I think so too. I know I would miss brick and mortar if it was gone because I do like going grocery shopping and it is a lot of where I do my research, but online retail has... A lot of pluses too. a lot of companies that haven't expanded Mm -hmm. nationally, I can access. I just did a big order from this company called All of My Pickle. They're mainly based in Florida and their products sounded so great. Mm -hmm. So I was pleased to be able to have that shipped all the way across the country to me. Right. And I think that a lot of those things are blowing up. You see things on TikTok or some influencers talking about something and those little niche brands like that. No one would ever find that in Florida if they were in Southern California, but there's ways now to promote those products and they can get it to you. And I think that the most important thing about these logistics-based companies that are trying to do direct-to-consumer, and we want to discuss that coming into 2024 as well, is just to make sure that you're being as sustainable as possible. Because, you know, there's extra packaging that comes into that when you're shipping a pallet is much different than shipping that pallet individually to individual people. Um, So that's where these co-packers can come in that have a lot of more sustainable products and convey the importance of that as these companies grow. And then hopefully, you know, we can phase out plastics and we can phase out, you know, the big heavy stuff and the paper that's not recycled and all that stuff. Because some of the packaging, I mean, if you go to brick and mortar and you get a box of cereal, whatever, there's a bag inside of a box and then that comes in a box on a pallet with hopefully that will reduce over time and then we won't be so wasteful. So I think that's another important avenue to wade through being mindful of the environment, right? The sustainability of delivery is a very important issue to cover. And I know for me, that was for a while why I almost completely avoided it and even at times still want to focus on brick and mortar. The packaging certainly is a big Mm -hmm. part of the sustainability. The other thing just for me was also where it travels all the distance and the gas used. But as Alex Miller had Mm -hmm. pointed out on my show, these trucks are already going across the country to deliver items. So it's not Mm -hmm. adding extra trucks to do it. They're going on a space that's already moving around. Yeah, absolutely. It's not so much that you're adding more to it, but I think that in those logistics companies, the better they get at being able to like use that space and utilize like, hey, this might be going here, but that truck's half empty. Let's fill it with other stuff. And there are people that like, that's their job to figure out those logistics and get things moving that way. So I think things will get better as a sustainability standpoint, even though it appears that more things are coming across that way. I think so too. And that's a very interesting topic about the whole logistics of how to distribute it, what routes to take, what trucks to Mm -hmm. fill in order to make it sustainable. 
It takes a big network. That's why I think networks are so important. People just have to talk. I think that's a big, because there's ideas out there that, uh, you know, whoa, I never even thought of that. Oh, well, I did. Here it is. That's what's important about these type of networks, um, getting people to talk to each other so that the ideas can just flow. Yes. And like we said, they're still coming up with new ideas. Mm -hmm. What are some of the current trends that you're seeing in the natural product space? Well, like we've been discussing, I think a big trend is sustainability. I think that's a big one. Plant-based is big. I remember, you know, years ago, I've been going to Expo West almost 20 years now. And, um, you know, when I first went, it was mostly, you know, nutraceutical was everything. Body care was everything. And now you see the foods, the food side of it is massive. And even the plant-based food, you can get stuff that's vegan, that's super tasty, delicious. So I think that the quality of those ingredients has increased. There's a big world out there, but sustainability, plant-based, and then those that go into the carnivorous space, I guess you call it, being more sustainable within that as well, right? Not everyone's a vegan. Not everyone's going to be a vegan. I'm not a vegan, but there are ways to do things that are better for the environment. I think that's a big thing that I see in CPG. Also, like there's a lot of drinks out there, adaptogenic type things, like they're adding in like adaptogens into drinks that you would have never thought about probiotics. I'm a nutritionist by trade originally. And I know that as our native diet has gone away from cultured foods, it's been at a cost of health, right? Because a lot of people say the health starts in the gut. And now I see all of these probiotic drinks out there, tonics. And there's also a big push of people moving away from the alcohol space and into different types of drinks that are fun at a party, but maybe not alcohol. So kind of see like all of that stuff coming across that's become like super trendy over the last couple of years. All are major areas that I've seen huge growth in as well. I feel like there's never a shortage of coming up with new beverage ideas every year. There's more mm -hmm. because that was certainly right. growing when I first got into this in about 2011, 2012, kombucha was really big. And like you said, I've noticed the mm -hmm. same ones too, the social tonics, adaptogens, non-alcoholic yeah. beverages, and lots of others have mentioned that. And I do love how you bring up about the carnivorous, or I would say omnivorous products that we are seeing more of that because I know certainly, <laughs> yeah. unlike beverages, right. which were big when I was first following this, there weren't as many sustainable meat products when I was first into mm -hmm. it. It was a very small part and you also didn't see them exhibiting at a lot of these shows. A lot of them felt that mm -hmm. that wasn't the place for them to exhibit because people came to these shows looking for all of the plant-based products and that has certainly changed. I'd say it did a 180 mm -hmm. that now it's as much of a player as the flip side of the plant-based. Absolutely. Absolutely. You see a lot of the meat-based packaging, CPG and, and meat items, they've grown exponentially. And it's kind of cool because stuff that's shelf-stable, great. It's easier to get to and you don't have to have all that room in your fridge. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there that's changed. It is. And very important to me because if it isn't, then I'd be saying like, well... I guess this show that I've been doing for about 10 years hasn't, uh, <laughs> hasn't done anything Had no people. impact, no. <laughs> and so obviously we've talked about the change that we've seen since first getting into this. When you first became involved with natural food, did you think we'd be where we are now? No, and it's funny. So when, if I go back to my roots in retail, when I worked at Mother's Market, I was on the vitamin side. I was a manager in the vitamin department. That was the heart of the store, was the vitamins, body care, all the nutraceutical stuff, that was where it was at. That was where the margins were. That's where they made 50, 60, 70% of their money. Food was there, but it wasn't 
like everything. And I know as somebody who always tried to feed my children healthy diets and the natural products over the years, sometimes it was tough to find things that you wanted for your family that wasn't mainstream. And so you had to really seek it out. And now I see like I can go into some of these stores, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Mothers, Gelson's, all of those companies and and their vitamin departments have shrunk, but their food is huge. That's a big part of what they do now. So I think that the CPG side of the food side has gotten massive over the last 10 or 15 years. So I think it's really great because the access to those natural products is great. I can give you a personal example. For a long time, I've always in my house, always baked with heritage flour. So Jovial mm. was a company out of Italy that had oh, yes. for years and years. Love and I used to have to buy that, have it shipped and buy it by the case to get it to my house and utilize it. I'd buy like once a year, a big case and use it all year. Now it's on the shelves at Whole Foods. So it's become mainstream. Like people are like, oh, heritage wheat, this makes me feel good. I don't get sick when I eat it. I'm going to use this. So that's great because those items are now becoming so mainstream that it's just common to go in and go pick that up. Or before, like the best flour you could find on the shelves was like non-bromiated big deal. So, you know, you're, you're really finding a lot more access to those niche brands. And I think it's really important for the health of the country, right? Yes. I can certainly relate to that because I cover all kinds of conferences from the major trade shows like Expo West and Fancy Food to then shows like Wise Traditions where you have up and coming companies. And a lot of times when I'll meet a new company at Wise Traditions or similar conferences of this product I haven't heard of, I'll do an order for it online. And it's always nice where first I'm ordering this online and then I'm able to buy the product in stores. Like for instance, Jackson's Ships, I covered them. When they first began and they were mm -hmm. exhibiting at Wise Traditions and I love them so much that I bought them there. I ordered them online. <laughs> and then within a few months, I'm seeing them in stores and it was wonderful. Right, yeah. Now they're coming so fast. Like it used to be like just the category managers would get this new idea, this new product, and you wouldn't see it for a year or two. But things are coming online really, really quick. And I think that's good, too, for the industry, because then these that's one of the things with our network. We do our annual pitch slam where we also want to do retailer slams. We do pitch Gelson's. We were in talks with maybe doing a pitch Bristol Farms where you can get your product right in front of the buyer as a member of our network. And then it gets on shelves, you know, the next month. That's the hope, right? So we did our original pitch slam. I think nine buyers got into Air One that next month. So that's kind of another thing that we do. You want to see those products getting in and getting that real estate so that you, you know, you can get in front of buyers so that they start seeing it. And then it just, you know, revolutionizes the whole industry. Yes. And all great stores. We're talking a lot about the natural store selling these products, but I've seen that even conventional stores that's have right. a decent amount of space for the natural products because I remember mm -hmm. about 20 years ago, speaking of the vitamins, there used to be just this little section by the vitamins mm -hmm. that would have the yeah. organics in those stores. Like usually weird like sugar-free products or something that they thought was natural that wasn't. But no, you see big sections. But that's consumer demand, right? Consumers are like, listen, we don't want the junk anymore. Like look at the sales of regular like soda and soft drinks, you know, those are down. People don't want that anymore. They want to get the natural stuff. So consumer demand is now saying, hey, we want to feed our children better things. We want to feed ourselves better things. So that consumer demand is way bigger now. And I think it's great because not only is access easier, but it's better. It's better for the whole community at large, healthier. And you can clearly see it because I see a lot of the conventional supermarkets having stores which are shutting down and I'm amazed at how many 
chains have come into the Los Angeles area mm-hmm. and that there is room for all these. Because like you talk about Mother's Market, which for a while was mainly Orange County. I love that now we have one in Hollywood. There's a bunch. Yeah, they've expanded there in Signal Hill. And it's funny, too, because when I started in Mother's, it was kind of like, yeah, we'll always be Orange County. That's where we'll stay, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, as soon as they moved out and they went to Redondo Beach, I think that was their Signal Hill. Redondo Beach was like their first kind of L.A. stores. And now they're just they just keep growing. So, yeah, the demand is there. I think it's really good. It is, because we've also seen the first Lazy Acres in the Los Angeles area, and the number of Erwans Mm -hmm. continually grows, which is amazing. Definitely, definitely. So we've talked about how we're both amazed at how far the natural CPG has gone, but I know that I think part of the thing with sustainability is you always feel there's more that can be done. I know certainly there are areas of natural product space that I would like to see more of. Are there some that you think are lacking right now and you'd like to see room for growth? I think it's all growing so fast. There's been a positive shift in like transparency and sustainability. And I think if we just keep those things going, there's a lot of health conscious people out there that are looking for products that are innovative and taste really good. I think as we get better and better at it, I think they become more mainstream and then hopefully like some of the pricing will be better, right? Yes. So I think that we're seeing it. We're seeing that change right now because the accessibility is there. So I think that that's a main just keeping it like it is. Keep growing, keep innovating, keep putting it on the shelves, keep seeing what the consumer wants. And I think that we'll have a lot more options as we move into the next decade or so. Price is a very important point to address. And as I see it, of course, price will get lower as it's more common, supply and demand. And Mm -hmm. I think you just have to look at any other industry of where items were first priced. Like, for instance, think of in the late 90s when you had to be super rich to own an HDTV. And now those (laughs) are mass produced and you can get really cheap ends of those. Yep. I think that that all changed really rapidly. I remember the first one that came out, I walked into a Costco, it was like a 46 inch or something like that for like $10,000. Right. I remember thinking to myself, we'll never be able to own one of these. And now I have like a 70 inch in my living room, I don't know, for under $1,000. Oh, wow. Crazy how things have changed. But I think that 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 same thing happens and will continue to happen in all of those industries. I think that community has played a big role in that. Crowdsourcing information out there, people working together, I think that's a big deal and it helps to innovate because, you know, like I said earlier, more eyes on something, you definitely get better. Well, you hopefully get better quality, right? And so we want to be careful too. That's another thing when we want to talk about mindfulness. We don't want to just put a slap something on it that's natural and say, hey, we're good. We don't need anything else, right? But being mindful that this is a product that's sustainable, that tastes good, that's quality product that we're sourcing from sources in the United States or the best sources when we go overseas to find stuff. I think that's all really important. The more we keep the eyes on it and as consumers go in there and you know police that and be like we're going to spend our money here i think we'll get better and better yes because the natural label is a very general label and it's a great way to describe the overall industry Mm -hmm. but i think most members of the naturally network and naturally la also understand the importance of more individual labels organic non-gmo regenerative to name a few well and so many of them got into the industry because of a need that wasn't met of their own, 
which is really cool because the stories you get behind a lot of these products is amazing. You know, we could have a whole education event if we just had some of these products come in and tell their story because they didn't have access to something that they needed, a problem that they had, and they went and they made it. And I think that's a big thing too, because it harkens back to a time when that's why people made different things, right? Because there was a need to be met. And so I think that it's important because a lot of these guys are in it with the mindset that I want this to be the best and the most top quality product that I can make for myself and my family. That's why I'm making it. And then also for the community at large that I sell it to so that I can feel good about what I put out there. Right. So I think that's a big thing. And I, I love seeing that when we talk to our founders, especially, you know, the network does the MO fellowship every year, um, the minority owned companies. And we have a few people in our network that have been part of that program. A dozen cousins actually works with one of the companies that helps minority owned companies and the access to food in a lot of the minority areas sometimes isn't there. So these innovators have come in and been like, look, we need to feed our community and here's how we're doing it. And that's, you know, earlier we spoke to logistics, but even that, like in different communities across the United States that need help, all these innovators are really trying to make it better for everyone, not just the uber wealthy or the people that have always been able to afford those type of niche things. So I think that we're seeing like kind of a change in that too. People are really being eco-conscious, but also conscious of everyone in the space, that everyone deserves to eat quality food. And I think that's really important too. It's very important because a major issue of sustainability and climate change is how climate change disproportionately affects people in poor communities mm -hmm. and disproportionately affects minorities. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that everybody has access to sustainable, Absolutely. natural foods. Healthy foods, foods that they can feel comfortable giving their children, their children can be healthier for it. Brain food that's out there, really important because we want to make sure that the children are our future and we have to like foster them, right? So I think it's important. And I love seeing all of the different people and innovators out there that are in our network and across the whole Naturally Network that really look to really help move that needle forward and make sure that everybody has access to quality foods. Yes. Really, the focus, I would say, of all of this is about the future. That's the point of being sustainable. So as we look to the future of food do you think the food industry is headed in the right or wrong direction? I think it depends on what part of the food industry. I think that the natural products industry is definitely moving in the right direction. And that hopefully will drive home the importance that consumer is looking for a quality product. So as we push out the mainstream brands, and it's not a matter of pushing them out, that shouldn't happen either. It's about forcing change. So I think that's important too. They see these trends and they say, oh, you know what? People don't want this in their product anymore. So now we have to make it this way. And you've seen that over a lot of the mainstream brands. But I think that right there is it shows you the power of what community coming together and being like, you know what? We're going to use our dollars to buy things that are quality. And if you don't have quality, we don't want it. So that's good. There's a change. There's something you didn't see years ago. We just thought, well, it's on the shelves. That's all I can get. So I must buy it. That mindset has changed. We have seen that with the mainstream brands. And that certainly sparks a lot of debate in the community and mm -hmm. industry. Yeah. I know some people, they won't go for a mainstream brand doing a sustainable product. I don't see it that way. I am mm -hmm. very much for it because the mainstream brands are often the more well-known names. And if a big name can tell people the importance of sustainability, then I'm all for it. 
I think as long as they're doing it the right way, you're always going to have those shady brands that are going to do the wrong thing and like, yeah, here's our natural product, but it's really not, you know, and then you still have to have people out there on different networks telling people, hey, this isn't as it seems. But I think we do a lot of really good work within the community with each other, telling each other, you know, make sure you support this product and that product because this is good. But it forces those big brands to have to make changes, which before they didn't. Why would they, right? They're making major profits. They don't need to change. Why should they? So I get it. I get the purest person that's like, no, no matter what, those brands are tarnished and they're not going to do well. But access to those in some communities is still what there is as we maneuver these next decades. And hopefully that changes. But when it doesn't, hopefully they're a little bit more mindful in doing the right thing. And hopefully as consumers, we speak with our dollars and we change that, right? Right. And you're right that it's important that if a big name goes with a natural product, that they do it right. Now, there's two kind of ways. I mean, one is Mm -hmm. these big companies on their main label using organic product. There's also Mm -hmm. some of these big companies have purchased these smaller CPG brands and brought them under their umbrella and with both cases. So when it's a major company doing a natural product on their main label, it's important that it truly is natural and Mm -hmm. maybe say more specifically than natural they check a number of criteria i'll see sometimes they will only follow one criteria with a label like it's organic but it's not fair trade so it's Mm -hmm. important they check a number of boxes and then when it comes to acquisitions of these smaller companies it's important that they don't dilute the product change what was in it so it's not natural anymore yeah no absolutely and i think that's where it's tricky right? Because you have to be careful just because they slap a label on it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Truth and labeling can be finagled and we don't want that. So in the natural space, what we get with these founders, they're true to their labels and it means a lot. They have a lot of integrity and they've taken a lot of time to make sure that their products are healthy and safe and of good quality. So hopefully that continues, you know, over time, people demanding it so that all of the companies are forced to do that. So that's the good part, because you can force those big major brands to do kind of the right thing. You just hope they are always doing the right thing. It is tricky. You have to keep an eye on these companies to make sure that they're not changing what the product was after taking over. I have seen that a lot of times they do still let the small companies run autonomously. And I've also seen cases where I know sometimes the small companies have been happy about how they've been run after the purchase. And a lot of times they've then left those larger conglomerates because the results weren't what they expected. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's definitely something that happens. But hopefully with our network, we keep getting stronger and bigger and helping these little brands rise so that we can help shape the market. I hope so too. Will we start seeing some more naturally network chapters in other cities? Yeah, actually, um, there's a few. So uh, Minnesota just came on and there's actually one opening next year in New England. That will be the next one. I believe I've heard some rumblings about the Southeast out of Florida. So yeah, definitely growing. I know that they get, when they put out the call for chapters, they definitely get a lot of applications from a lot of different places. People really see the benefits in this and they really want to move the needle forward and open their own chapter. And that's great. The more, the merrier, because then we become stronger and we can help do this across the whole United States. So, so far it's been great. And I I love seeing these new chapters come on. We're new. We started in 2021. So, you know, we're still a baby chapter as well. But we've done a lot in those two years and almost three. And we're hoping to do a lot more. And hopefully as a network, we can continue to grow as well. 
Yes, and I know I came on shortly after you started doing the monthly events, so I'm glad to be a part of it close to the beginning of that stage of Naturally LA. For people who are living in cities where there currently isn't a Naturally network and they'd like to have one in their area, what would you suggest to them? Um, They can contact the network directly. They can contact one of the closest chapters and see what's going on in that area. We also have a bit availability for those that aren't at capacity to maybe have a chapter because it takes a lot of moving parts to get one going. You know, we offer webinars in many different chapters where they can also get that education that way. And if they're, you know, looking for that, they can request it and then we can help them out in any way that we can as we all grow. Great. And I know that we'll be seeing more naturally chapters certainly in the year to come. We're just about out of time, but before we go, let the listeners know where they can go online and on social media to learn more about Naturally LA. So our website is naturallyla.org. You can become a member on there. You can see our events. You can contact me through that website. It kind of gives our mission and what we're trying to do. And we link to all of our partners and all of our different chapters if you're in a different area. So again, naturallyla.org. We're on LinkedIn, also Instagram, and a small presence on Facebook. I don't know how many people are still on Facebook, but not too many, I guess. But yeah, Instagram, and who knows? There might even be a TikTok coming at some point, just for funsies. Who knows? (laughs) Yes, because as a lot of people that are joining the natural CPG space are younger people, I can see that... The focus would be more Instagram and TikTok than Facebook. That's right. We're also looking to create a Slack channel. That's going to be coming in 2024. So keep an eye out for that. Um, The information will be put up on our website. But um, a lot of these founders find it very advantageous to use a Slack channel. So that way, if you have questions, you can just put your question out there. And if somebody has the answer, they can really quickly get to you and just answer that for you. Throw in different documents and things that you might need. Who knows, you need certifications or just a question in general or whatever. It's really helpful. So we've been asked through a lot of our members, hey, would you guys consider doing a Slack channel? So I am currently working on putting that together as well. So stay tuned. The Slack is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Renee, thank you so much for coming on the program. No, thanks for having me. This was great. This is great. Yes, I'm glad we have the chance to let people know about Naturally LA and the overall Naturally Network. Awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, thanks for having me. That's all for this episode of The Appropriate Omnivore. New episodes of the show are released every Wednesday. Follow me on social media for more information on the next episode. And to make sure you never miss any of my podcasts, subscribe to The Appropriate Omnivore on your favorite podcast site or app. You can also listen to all my podcasts on my website, appropriateomnivore.com. There you can find recipes from the guests I interview, plus all of my articles covering lifestyles in the world of real food. Until next time, my pantry is officially closed.